I can give you a protocol, but we got to get your mind because that's where everything is happening. We got to get the awareness of what's going on. We got to get to the beliefs, the programming that you're running on. Welcome to What's Her Story, the podcast for ambitious women who are ready to use their story as a catalyst for change. I'm your host, Erica Akingwe, bestselling author, content strategist, and author coach to high-achieving, globally-minded women. I started this podcast because, honestly, I'm nosy. Every time I see a woman shining, living aligned and abundant in life and business, I wonder, ooh, what's her story? I know this. Women who believe in themselves and their story are better equipped to help others transform. So if you're ready to connect over honest conversations and be inspired by other impact-driven women, you're in the right place. Sit back, relax, and welcome to the What's Your Story podcast. Welcome back to the What's Your Story podcast. I'm your host, Erica Akingboye. I am really grateful you are here, friend. We are starting a new series. We just wrapped up the summer author series, and that was just full of so many beautiful women's stories about their books, about what led them to write their book, the different kinds of books. It was just so full. So I hope you'll take time and go back and listen to the previous episodes if you have not already and catch up on all of the beautiful stories inside of the author series. We are now diving into a wellness series. I thought it was just fitting. We are going into the final quarter of the year. We are into the groove of fall, the school year, you know, everything that goes along with kind of settling in right before winter. Wellness is just something that's probably been on your mind, getting back into healthy routine. I have my program with Kelly Abanda called Radiant Era, and it's all about creating rituals that nourish us and not deplete us. Getting back to what fills our energy cup, what feels great to our bodies, you know, really nurturing and nourishing our body, soul, and mind. And so This wellness series is just really honoring our wellness as a whole, as holistic beings, mind, body, and soul. By the way, if you are wanting to join Radiant Era, it is open for enrollment. It is self-paced. You get instant access to all of the content in a private podcast feed, and you get a live group coaching call. Our calls are the first Wednesday of every month. So our next one is coming up here in a jiffy. So we would love to have you inside. Check out the link in the show notes for all the information. Get yourself in there. Let's get you stepping into your radiant era. This week, I am super excited to bring you my conversation with Ray Mason. Ray Mason is a holistic health coach who specializes in helping women reboot after abuse. She has a wealth of experience and knowledge in this field, and she is passionate about helping others heal from trauma. Ray attended the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, 
where she received her certification as a holistic health coach. She also studied abroad in India, where she received her yoga teacher certification. Ray believes that healing from abuse is a holistic process that involves the mind, body, and spirit. She helps her clients to identify and address the root causes of their pain. She teaches them tools and techniques to manage their emotions, cope with stress, and detox the body. She is dedicated to helping her clients achieve lasting health that will affect generations to come. Our conversation is seriously one of my favorites yet. I don't even have anything else I need to say except for please enjoy this episode and let me know your biggest takeaways because I know there are gem after gem in here and Ray and I's conversation is going to bless the socks off you. So without further ado, here's Ray Mason. Welcome to the What's Her Story podcast, Ray. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited and I love, I just want to say I love what you're doing, by the way, that you are creating a space for women to come and tell their stories that will help someone else and also help them in the process too. I appreciate that. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you. Absolutely. You're part of a wellness series. And what I love is shaking up the very standard thinking of what wellness is. Wellness is not working out, being on a diet and losing weight. Like, Mm. I think that's what the messaging across industries is that, oh, yes, health and wellness means very straightforward, like just work out and eat less. And Mm -hmm. that is not a holistic view of wellness. And so I love that you are a holistic wellness coach and use your story very dynamically in who you serve and how you serve. And so I've already read your bio and introduced the audience right before this to who you are officially, but I'd love to give you a chance in your own words to introduce yourself and share who is Ray. Okay. Wow. Ray is multi-layered. So again, my name is Ray Mason and I am a holistic health coach. I'm also a movement coach and I specifically work with women on helping them to rebate their life after abuse. So I do that through mind, body, and spirit work. I definitely love what you said because it's so true that wellness isn't just like what you eat and working out. And I learned that the hard way because I tried to eat my way out of trauma. I tried to eat myself to be, you know, it was like I was, I started to eat healthy, but I was still involving myself in toxic behaviors, in toxic environments. So it really wasn't making a difference. So that's when I started seeing, okay, there's something else here because this juice isn't doing it. This juice isn't making me feel better. You know what I'm saying? I had to address other things in my life. So that's why I love what I do as far as being a holistic health coach, because I get to look at your whole entire life. And I really love connecting the dots because every single thing is interconnected. There's nothing that's not connected. Everything has a ripple effect. 
And that's why I love what I do as far as being a holistic health coach. Absolutely. You touched on how we want to have the easy fix of let's touch on the symptoms instead of looking Mm -hmm. at the root cause. Because I think most women would say they would like more energy Mm -hmm. and they would like to feel great and confident about themselves, their body. And what is the easy way to do is those surface layer things, but getting to the root of the issue or root of the pain or root of the exhaustion is really where the transformation happens. So I am wondering, since it is what's her story, mm-hmm. you did not just wake up as saying, I want to be a holistic wellness coach, specifically rebooting after trauma. Like mm-hmm. what brought you to that place of saying, this is my calling. This is my realm of influence. This is where I can make the biggest impact. Right. Well, okay, let's go back to me being 17 year old Ray. 17 year old Ray got involved in a very unhealthy relationship. However, when it first started out, it wasn't, well, it didn't seem unhealthy. You know, I was 17. I wasn't really adult and didn't have any responsibilities like that. So it was fun. It was free. It was light. Um, But then fast forward, once I graduated high school and I moved to New York, um, my, at the time, boyfriend moved with me. And that's when I started to notice the aggression and the abuse. But just to give you a little backstory, we bonded over trauma because both of us came from very chaotic environments. Now, at that time, we didn't know that's what we were bonding over. But knowing what I know now, we both came from very chaotic backgrounds, you know, um, families who were abusive, you know, like um, looking at our parents, they were abusive to each other, uh, drugs, yelling, violent, unfaithfulness just throwing money at situations saying here this can fix the problem and it, and it doesn't so we bonded over that so when I moved to New York he will move with me because he already had family there again the environment that he was in it, the environment that he was in was a very survival of the fittest type of environment yeah. it affected him whatever affected him affected me so I begin to receive a lot of the aggression. So I I was in a relationship for nine years. Wow. And through those nine years, I experienced so much financial abuse, stole money from me, physical abuse, mental abuse. Uh, I had an abortion. I had STDs. I've had him cheating on me with uh, other women. It was so much, right? And you hear these things, you're like, why did you just leave, right? Like, it would have been so easy to leave. But what people don't understand is that when you are involved in a traumatic situation such as abuse, before you even stepped into that relationship, you were already hurting, right? And knowing what I know now, I associated love with struggle. I associated love with trying to prove myself, prove my worth, strive in extreme people-pleasing. Because what happened was I was reliving the same relationship that I had with my mom in this relationship so the same way our relationship with my mother having to like fight for her attention and her love right having to like make her feel as though like I had to do certain things so I can get some type of attention because my mom was never love her to life but she was never one to really like affirm or hug or kiss you or say I love you 
I didn't get those things, right? So at an early age, that's an association in my brain that I'm making already mm-hmm. that this is the standard, this is the bar. Mm-hmm. So on a subconscious level, I seek out relationships that are very similar. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how our relationship with him. So after going through all of that um, through nine years and then finally having to literally plan and escape out of that relationship because there's so many factors that play into a relationship when you have someone that is, you know, willing to do some crazy stuff, you know, if you leave. So I had to plan my way out of that. So I planned my way out of that. And when I left, I was literally in shambles. Like I was in shambles. I remember calling my dad one day and I wasn't saying I was going to take my life, but I was on some, well, if something happens to me, then it happens to me because I just felt very, why me? Like, why do I have to suffer? And And in my mind, I'm thinking he can go on and live his life, but I have to like, you know, go through all of this and, you know, have all this physical pain in my body and be like broken. Like, it's not fair. So very much so in like victimization mode. But I was just talking to him and he's like, you sound crazy. Like, this is not you. And then he was like, I had this um, spiritual teacher, this holistic health coach I want you to talk to. And I was like, eh, I don't know about that. And I was like, she really wasn't trying to hear it. And I definitely remember putting up some resistance. Then I finally agreed to just do it. And ever since I got on the phone with that man, my life has been changing. Like ever since I got on the phone with that man, my life has been changed. And I was, I'm 35 now. I'll be 36 soon. I was 26. And ever since I got on the phone with, you know, my first holistic health coach, my life has been changed. And I tell people all the time, it wasn't even, I don't think I haven't even agreed to work with him yet. It was just a (laughs) consultation. Yeah. No, it was like, he didn't even give me a protocol yet. But what he did for me was he believed. That man believed so much. He made me question my own doubts and my fears. And he instilled hope inside of me. So when I didn't believe, he believed. And he was so convincing and so convicted on what he knew. He just spoke life into me. Before he gave me any do this, do that. Like he spoke to like, my soul my spirit he captured that and i was like that's what i do for people yeah i realized the same thing that he did for me is what i do for people because i can give you a detox i can give you a protocol but we got to get your mind because that's where everything is happening we got to get the awareness of what's going on we got to get to the beliefs the programming that you're running on People don't, they're running on programming subconsciously. You don't know that you're running on it because it's become your normal. I was running on chaotic program because that was my normal. And even though I would look at my mom in relationships and say, I would never let someone treat me like that. I would never allow that do that. I did. Like that was the same thing I allowed. So there was a, dis- there was a cognitive dissonance. Like my beliefs and my actions didn't align. Because what I saw and what I experienced outweighed everything else. That is so um, powerful, so potent. I see exactly how and why you are in the position you are as a coach, because this is the belief and the life-giving power of your word into a desperate and broken situation of, of clients who come. Like, what... An incredible 
service ministry position to be in to speak life when you know those dry bones that dry situation mm, yes you know, to say okay let's really acknowledge the thinking a couple things that you said was why me and i would never mm-hmm. and those thoughts seem so logical to our mm-hmm. conscious brain like why me? I am the brunt of every bad situation. Why me? I'm a good person. And then I would never is our conscious. And then our subconscious is saying, uh, but that's how it always is. And yeah. we will. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, but we will. So can you speak to the power of those two phrases and maybe a shift that we can make when we hear ourselves saying those things and approach it now with curiosity instead of I own this why me and I would mm. never mm, that's good let's see so why me the perspective shift I have to, had to make on why me is the first thing that's coming up is what's here like what is in the situation what is the situation telling me about me what do I need to learn what can I get from this you know Mm-hmm. because the why me is a even though something bad did happen to me if I keep saying why me the power is outside of me you know because I'm in victim mode yeah so what about me is allowing this is attracting this situation you know but then you you do it in a mindset of not shame or guilt but in a mindset of just curiosity like yes. what's What's here for me so that I can move forward and not repeat it again? Yes. So you come at it from a place of just love and curiosity of knowing that I want to see what's here so I can move forward and I'm not running on this hamster wheel. And that would be the same then with I would never. It's the same. Okay. It's interesting. I would say that. Mm -hmm. And yet circumstances aren't backing it. There's that dissonance. So approaching with curiosity, I've heard myself say I would never a few times and yeah, here we are. Right. (laughs) What came up for me when you just said that is I'm thinking about me and my mom's relationship and how I looked at her relationship and saying, I would never let someone do me like that, but then allowing someone to do me like that. And what came up was, what do I really need? You know, Mm -hmm. because really what I needed could have been a hug, right? It could have just been, I'm, I'm searching for some type of motherly love. Yeah. So once I gained an awareness, I was able to really explore that without any guilt or shame of feeling bad because I would never turn into I did. <laughs> and yeah. now I'm feeling bad because I did. So it's like we have to get ourselves out of that, that guilt and shame because that doesn't serve us at all. The guilt and shame just keeps you in that cycle. It keeps yeah. you there. Versus when you lift it up, you know, you allow that to come off and you like, you know what? This is what happened. But let me explore why this happened. Yeah. What was I really looking for? What's what's really going on? Because that's that inner ray. That's that little girl ray that's seeking something. What is that? Yeah. Just childhood trauma can be so sneaky. Yeah. Because it just seems 
normal. Like it seems, it's, it seems normal. It's yeah. literally like that's your standard. That's your bar. Yeah. Of how you associate, you know, whatever love. Yeah. Normalized dysfunction is what normalized dysfunction. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, normalized dysfunction. And it's mm-hmm. so, it, it's ingraining you so deeply. Yeah. Because a, a lot of people operate as an adult with normalized child dysfunction. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, this is how I've always done it. This is how I have always been. Yes. <laughs> That's why it's very helpful to have a coach like you yes. has that outside perspective. It has the inside perspective of I've been there. I've done it. I know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And also, I see the other side of, I can assure you, this is not normal or healthy. This is dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Just that outside, very compassionate. I'm not here pointing fingers. I'm just saying, let me help you see a better way, a, a healthy, holistic way instead of a bunch of semi-functioning broken pieces. Because mm-hmm. we weren't meant to go through life in shambles like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I love that you have reboot after abuse because mm-hmm. reboot is like all right let's shut down the system that let's close everything down all the twenty nine thousand tabs that are open and the battery that's like not able to keep up with things let's reboot mm-hmm. start fresh you have a simplified protocol or system mm-hmm. that you go through can you share your ABCs for rebooting after abuse? Yes. So the first thing, like I was saying before, is we have to get to the mindset. What has your mind been set on that is influencing your behavior? So we have to become aware. So A, it's the ABCs. So the A stands for awareness, right? And you have to become aware of yourself, your thoughts, your actions, your emotions. And... This is not an easy thing for people because it can get uncomfortable because you have to look at you, right? And you have to uncover your part. And that can be tough for people, especially people who have, you know, been hurt in in some capacity who have been traumatized, right? Because it's like, well, what do I have to do it? Because they hurt me. They did this. But every time we point out, we give our power away. We can't change anything outside of us, but we can change inside of us. But the amazing thing about that is like when you begin to change yourself internally, your external world does change. The way you process information changes. The way you uh, respond, all those things change, which does in fact affect your outside world. So we have to become aware and that's taking a deep dive into yourself. Mm. The next one is B. So B is about becoming. I've worked with so many women who financially have achieved great success, who have accolades, right? And they have endured a lot of trauma. But what happened was they worked their way so hard to the top, harder than what they probably would have had to work if they would have addressed their trauma. But they worked their way so hard to the top that they tried to outwork the trauma. They tried to run for themselves. And I've seen people close down businesses because they couldn't sustain it because they were depressed 
they got to the point where they, they have the finances that they want. They got the rewards, but they're empty inside because they didn't work on building the character, becoming. They just were doing, 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 doing until they couldn't do anymore. So B is about becoming. So I, I got this from, uh, I, have you ever read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Yes. Yes. That's a book yes. you can read like over and over again. Over so and over the, and on the, Audible. <laughs> yes. So it's the B do have. So you become, and when you become, when you build the character, right, you automatically do. And then the have is just the result that you get. But once you're able to build a character, you can sustain the things that you, you get. Because we naturally want to do it the opposite way. Have, do, be. Like, well, if I have the thing, if I have the accolades, the good job, mm -hmm. the money, then I will do better and then mm -hmm. I will be better. Yeah, but exactly. It, that opposite, like, no, it's about becoming first. Because yeah. our thoughts create our actions. So when we yeah. do get in alignment with that awareness and becoming, we can do better yeah. in changing generational patterns for the future, changing our lives, and then having, like you said, it's like you get all these great things as a cherry on top. It's not that first pursuit. Exactly. But that goes back to don't want to do the work. Going back to you don't want to see yourself, but it's, I picture you, someone running on a hamster wheel. It's like, you can't run from yourself. It's going to catch up to you. Yeah. So yeah, you're not um, going anywhere. You're, you're working hard. <laughs> you're thinking so, you know, and, and this, the crazy thing is I used to have this belief and I didn't realize I had this belief, but I used to have this belief that people who had a certain amount of money in their bank account and who had like the accolades, like they were good. If I'm working with people, I found out. That's not true. <laughs> that really doesn't mean anything. The money doesn't mean anything. The rewards don't mean anything. And there are a lot of people that are suffering. And they got what they got because they work. They, you know, you always hear a lot of people say, well, I'm just going to throw myself into work, right? Because you want to forget about a situation. Well, time is not healing that. You're just suppressing it and you're just prolonging it. You could probably get some stuff done, but at what cost, though? Because at some point, it's going to come back up. Mm -hmm. You're going to attract that same person. You're going to continue to attract that same situation. You're going to have a, a hard time doing business. You, you can't sustain it. It's not enjoyable. Yeah. I was so, actually going to pull on that when you said, I work with a lot of successful women. Because that's not the first thing that... I or we as a whole are told what a person under abuse is. It's not the successful accolades, like achieved all the things. And that's a very harmful belief or portrayal because then women who are really hurting and mm -hmm. successful think, well, I don't need help or I can't get help or mm -hmm. what are they going to think because I have all these things. But that can then become a barrier to keeping us yes. in pain and trauma is because everything on the outside, people are like, oh, you're fine. You're good. Yes. So dangerous. Yeah. I, well, one of the last client I worked with, um, I was actually asking her a question before I even worked with her, just getting her perspective because she's around a lot of successful women. And um, she was like, girl, she was like, these women, she's like, they are bosses in the boardroom. 
She said, but at home, they go home and cry themselves to sleep. She's like, you just don't understand. She was like, there are a lot of women who are bosses. And then behind closed doors, they're like in the shambles. She said, I see it every day. And she was like, right, I have all this stuff. I'm in this amazing condo. Like, should I have all this? And she said, I don't care. She's like, I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like because for so long, she just didn't address it. Or people really think that because so much time has passed that I'm over it. And that's not true. Just yeah. the time has passed. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can still have a broken arm, anything over a long period of time. But if it hasn't been reset and mm. actually healed. Right. Uh, yeah. So, and then the last one is C. And C is clean. Now, when I say clean, I mean clean your body. Because also, when you are in any type of traumatic situation, your mood affects your food. How you you feel affects your meal, okay? (laughs) So whatever you're feeling, right? Like, you're going to reach for foods that are comforting. If you're feeling down and depressed, you're probably going to reach for maybe some sweets or bread. So those foods are affecting your body. And at this point, maybe some of us know, maybe a lot of us don't know, but a lot of packaged processed foods, that affects your brain health, right? It affects your gut health because your gut and your brain are connected. Again, you're already going through some mental trauma. To add on top of that, the food that you're eating is messing up the way that you think too, the way that you process information. A lot of our foods damages us neurologically. So... We have to begin to cleanse our bodies from all the, the processed and toxic foods that we've ingested, toxic substances that we may have ingested, right? Because of the trauma, we reach for things to cope, alcohol, drugs, whatever the substance may be. On top of that, we also have stagnant emotions that we keep in our body because we're suppressing. For me, I suppress a lot. Girl, I don't even know how. <laughs> I literally, like, I kept everything a secret. It's scary how like much I kept it a secret and no one knew. Um, it's scary. No one yeah. knew. I thought about that. I was like, dang, that's crazy. Like I, no one knew. So you suppress so much. You have these emotions that are stagnant in your body. That's causing disease on top of the food causing disease. So we have to start to cleanse the body and detox the body because you will begin to feel better. Yeah. And then the second part of the cleansing is your environment. And I break the environment down into three parts. The people, the places, and the programming. Mm. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Okay? These things affect you. In the beginning, when I told my story, my environment encouraged my behavior. People, places, programming. That encouraged my behavior. So now, doing A, I got to get aware of who the people I'm around. What are the main people around do I feel like they're adding to me or depleting me? What places do I visit, right? What things are, am I watching? Am I listening to? Are these things adding or taking away? So those are the ABCs of rebooting. So awareness, becoming, and then cleaning. Mm. And then I say that the D follows and the D is your desired result. Ooh. Once you ABC your life. These are so potent. I love that a lot of the best solutions are simple, but not easy. 
Erica, I literally said the other day, I was talking to a friend and I said, you know what the crazy thing is, is that we overlook the simplicity of life, the simplicity of living a peaceful, happy life. And because things are so simple, not easy, but things are so simple and we're so used to chaos, we're like, just drink water, just eat more fruits and veggies, just, you know, just journal, just meditate. We feel like, I don't know if that's going to work. That doesn't sound like complex enough. Yes. And the simplicity, we overlook certain healing techniques because of the simplicity of it. Yeah. Like for the longest time, I'm like breathing. Yeah. You're like, I've got that covered. I'm breathing. I'm alive. (laughs) But the nuance of this awareness and the steps to do it consistently over time. Mm-hmm. is where the desired results really come. Like you said, right. the does come after. Like the compound effect is also one of my favorite books along with. Yes, the I seven. use that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's it's that Everything snowball is effect. Compounding. Yes, exactly. Because we want to dismiss the small steps when you're like, well, in order to walk a thousand miles, you have to do the one step. Right. The one next confident inspired action step i agree with you that we like to have a complicated plan for whatever reason (laughs) and i think part of it is that we then have an excuse of like oh i just couldn't keep up with the yeah 69 things and i just i failed and it's one more thing of being able to point at everything else around us why it didn't say, like <laughs> the one or two commitments that we had to do that day we didn't do like it's it's much more empowering to say i made a choice i had a decision mm-hmm. i chose not to drink my water and go on my walk and this today that feels awful but it's more empowering than saying ah oh, the kids were like interrupting me all day right. and this was so stressful and I just, I forgot my water bottle in the other room. You know, it's, it's less empowering. Yeah. When we're pointing than saying, I take personal responsibility. Right. I made a choice. I made a choice not to do it. And tomorrow I have a new choice I can make. Yeah. Yeah. People definitely give up that way too. People are more prone to give up when you're saying, why all the reasons you can't all the things that are affecting you, right? Because at, at the end of the day, it's always going to be something. Yeah. Like everything in your life is just not going to stop. So you can drink your, you know, like, so you just have to prioritize like what's important to you. And my biggest thing is always having a strong why. Why are you doing it? Why do you want to do this, right? How is this going to benefit you? Yeah. And then some people need a consequence. Like some people have to, some people don't need a consequence and some people need a consequence depending on how your mind works. And it's like, okay, well, then you also need to think what's the consequence of you not doing this long term, right? What's the consequence of you not prioritizing your, your health long term? Yeah. I'm curious, when you first started, you had this phone call with the guy, the man, mm-hmm. and... I'm sure you had some kind of why, and it's probably different than your why now. Mm-hmm. What was your why that got you saying yes to yourself in this 
very, you know, long process. It, it Healing mm-hmm. is a process. So you have to commit. What was that first why for you? Girl, after he believed so much, I started to doubt my fears and everything. I was like, wait a second. I was like, I can't do this. I can't. I just wanted, I just knew that I deserved a better life. I knew that I deserved more. I knew that I was worth it. And I wanted to fight for my life. I, it came a point where I was like, you know, I'm going to fight for me. And my why at the time was me, was fighting for my life and for my future life. Because even though I had went through all of that toxicity in a relationship, I still did not give up on wanting to be in a healthy relationship. I knew at some point down the line, I would want to be married and have a family. But I can't do that in this broken state, though. So at some point, my why began to evolve and it became bigger than me. It became now I need to heal for my children that's not yet born. I need to heal from my husband, you know, I need to heal for even me going through this process. And this is why I tell people. It literally starts with you, me starting with me, beginning to heal my relationship with my mom without me even forcing it. It began to help me heal my relationship with my sister, with my dad, just by focusing on me. That's beautiful. We do have so much to fight for and live for. And I'm thinking of that woman who's listening and saying, I don't have anyone that can believe for me. Mm -hmm. I don't have anyone that I can borrow their belief for me right Right now. now. Where do you find such a person? (laughs) I mean, obviously you. Like I I was about to say, seek out communities. Seek Seek out communities. There are, there are communities out there that will help you and have women like myself, you know, get a part of the Healthy Move community who I can, but I have enough belief yes, for all of us, you know, I have, an, I can instill that hope in, and not hope as far as like this wishful thinking, no hope with giving you expectation mm-hmm. of God's goodness, of you deserving of better. Because one thing I don't believe is that I'm here to struggle, Okay. Yeah, I'm here to learn. Like we gonna learn some lessons, but to be struggling and just live this life where it's just like we don't get to enjoy it and live. Like, no, 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 no. We not doing it. That's not. Yeah, it says this says royalty. (laughs) You know, I'm a child of God. So, once you really understand, because a lot of us say that, that's a whole nother thing. A lot of us be like, yeah, I'm a child of God, but when you really know what that comes with the authority that that comes with and you standing, you live in that. Okay. Oh, you show way different. You show oh, yeah. way different. And what I've, and what I've learned looking at my life and other people's lives, all of this funkiness and mess, it starts in identity. It literally, the beginning of it is not really truly understanding who you are. If yeah. who's you are, it starts in identity because when you understand that and you know that like, on a deep level, you move differently. You think differently. The bar is different. The standard is different. But when you attach your identity to so many things outside of you, you have no power. And so much of our identity growing up, as you've shared in your story and spoken already, is rooted in our relationships with our 
mother and father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like, yeah, if I were born in the royal family, I would show up differently <laughs> because I know my mom and my dad. <laughs> right. It's removing our identity from the people that raised us. Even mm-hmm. if our parents are wonderful, they are still mm-hmm. human. They exactly. are still flawed. We still have dysfunction because families have their things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we can reassess and that awareness of our identity rooted in God and who we are, mm-hmm. there's a different level of understanding we get to explore of like, different. oh, it's different. Okay. Yeah. It feel, everything is so different. I'm just like, yeah, it's just it's just different because God has really been like showing me that like it all really starts with identity. And that's something that we really not taught by parents. It is no fault of theirs because again, it's just a perpetual cycle. They're not taught that, right? Yeah. Um, so again, that goes even back to my why. Like now knowing what I know, have an understanding that I know, I'm going to teach my children that outside of me, outside of people, places, and things, like your identity is rooted in God, not in what you do, right? Because one minute you could be a teacher, next minute you're not a teacher anymore, then what are you going to say? Like, I don't know who I am anymore. No, it shouldn't be like that. Your identity yeah. is not in what you do. You know, it's not in people, places, and things because all those things are temporary. They can leave. So what happens when those things are no longer there? Like, you leave with it? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, can't have that. Yeah. Oh. There's so much to speak to identity because I, 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 I feel like when you said our parents don't teach us that, I was thinking my parents told me we're hardworking Midwestern people. We work hard for our money. Mm-hmm. We do the right thing. We go to church every Sunday. There was this level of what they told me my identity was. Mm-hmm. It was just also a lot of reveled in there where I'm like, do I really want this belief that my identity is that I work hard for my money, that everything, like you said, has to be a struggle? Right. That's, I choose that not to be part of my identity, please. <laughs> right. And the thing is, it's not even like parents are just, you know, setting us up yeah. maliciously, you know what I'm saying, yeah. for a failure or something. But it's just what they were taught. It's what they knew. They would, People just do the best they can with what they know, what they have in the, in the moment of time, right? Yes. But um, as you get older, something in me always just lives. I was a seeker. Okay. Just, I just, I wanted to seek out, like, what's the truth of just all this life thing? Like, what, what is it? What is yeah. that? You know? So I believe for me, because I just always sought out answers to these questions that I have about life, I find them. Yeah. There's so much power in, in our yeah. questions and that curiosity. curiosity. Yep. Curiosity is just, so I thought about that. I was like, well, what, what was it about? Like how even I got this far? So I feel like God has always been with me, even though I wasn't with God. Right. But, and I didn't really, right. I didn't really understand God, but I had a curiosity about God. And I always wanted to know. That's beautiful. I love your work. I love your story. Again, like our stories are such a potent part of our direction in life and where we become, where we become, where we, yeah, I guess that works. Where we become, like who we become and who we serve Mm -hmm. 
And I love that you've created a community, the Healthy Move for women specifically ready to reboot their life and really dig in and say, hey, what I've been living is not what needs to be forever. This is not who I have to suffer through. I can really reboot after abuse and trauma and get to a place where feeling holistically as a whole person, body, soul, and spirit in a healthy place. So it's such wonderful, needed, important work that you're doing. So I want to say thank you, Ray, for being brave to like step into this space and using your story as a catalyst for change. That is point blank. Like I love helping women and featuring women who use their story as a catalyst for change. And you are such a beautiful example. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This is where you turn your pain into purpose. Yes. Because otherwise, what's it good for? Like, right. I always say that. I tell people, I'm like, you know, you're in pain already. At least allow it to be for a good purpose. Yes, yes, yes. Let's use that. Ugh. Well, I've loved our conversation. I always end our conversations with two questions. The first one is what's been an impactful book that's helped you in your journey to where you are today? Can I give two? Two came most. Please. We love okay. books around here. <laughs> so the first one is the Bible. Not gonna lie, y'all. The Bible is not it's not a religious book. And trust me, I had a lot of preconceived notions. I'm not trying to slay anyone's belief, but I'm just telling you I had a lot of pre- preconceived notions before I read it. But when I read that book, I was like, this is a life guide. When people are like, there's no guide to life. I'm like, yes, there is. <laughs> it has so many gems in it. It's just like a life instruction manual. That's how I see it. The second book is by Steve Harvey. It's mm-hmm. called Think Like a Success, Act Like a Success. Have you heard of that? I have heard of it, but I have not read it. So it was one question in there that was a game changer for me. First of all, it's an interactive book. I love interactive books with books where they ask you a question, you write them down yeah. and write down okay. your answers. So the question that changed the game for me was, what is one thing that you do at your absolute best with the least amount of effort? So it was trying to get you to see what your purpose or what your assignment is. What's one thing that you do at your absolute best with the least amount of effort? And here I am. Um, literally, I was I signed up to uh, get my health coach certification. Yes. After I pondered on that, because this is something that I just do naturally. Like it's not something I have to try or force. It's just in me. So mm. those are the two books. Mm. Okay, I am adding that. I I bet it's on Audible too. I would love to hear his voice. <laughs> if you yeah. read it, that would be good. I'm already feeling like that question that you just posed was for me. So I'm already thanking you for what is that one thing that you do with the least amount of effort. Like I needed to hear that today. So no resistance, no No resistance. resistance. It's like you're in complete alignment with whatever God has for you. Right. One thing I want to say too, is that people get caught up in trying to figure out what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Right. And as a believer, 
I believe that every believer's purpose is the same, is to share the word of God, right? And to be a light to this, to this earth. But ultimately, just to, just to bring the kingdom down to earth and share God's word. I believe your assignment is the vehicle in which you do that. Oh, through podcasting, nice. through health coaching, right? I believe your assignment is the vehicle in which you uh, walk out the purpose, the will of God on earth. Now, your assignment can change, but your purpose will always remain the same, if that that makes sense. Because sometimes when people's assignment change, like if I'm no longer being a health coach, my identity is not in health coaching. My identity is rooted in God. So when my assignment changes, I don't give resistance because I know I'm going to just a different vehicle. Mm-hmm. So now do you know what I'm saying? Because a lot yeah. of times when people have to change positions, they got this identity crisis. I thought I was supposed to be doing this, doing, you know. So I just go, your purpose remains the same, but your assignment will change the vehicle which you use to pursue the purpose. So I love that distinction and the visual. Of, I'm just getting in a different car. I'm still on the same road. I'm yeah, still, 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 still on the same road, right? In for me, especially when you're walking my faith, and you're walking with God, that assignment can be changing. And you don't want to give resistance. Yeah. Aligned and abundant are like yes. my standing mm-hmm. mantra words. They're anchoring is like when we're in alignment, abundance follows. It's just part of the cycle. And that is ease and flow yes so this is what i do right now at my best with the least amount of effort i love it so the second question is what confident action step would you like to leave with everyone listening i would say this is simple so don't miss it Uh is i want you to dream i just want you just to start to imagine and the word imagine has the word image in it so for five minutes a day before you even start your day, okay, because now we're going to start to program the monitoring. I want you to imagine what you want your life to look like, okay? And for some people, it's hard to imagine. So if you're someone who needs some structure, then you can write down first, like, okay, health, family, romance, create categories, and then write down what you want those categories to look like. <laughs> and each day, pick a different category to imagine in your mind. Hmm. now where we amplify it is i want you to attach an emotion to it emotions do what they move you humans are emotional and humans usually you uh usually are moved on emotions but not intentionally so we're going to consciously program ourselves to move intentionally on these emotions right so when you attach an image to an emotion the brain doesn't know the difference the brain thinks this is really happening so now on a subconscious level, we're reprogramming. We are rewiring the brain. Mm-hmm. Your subconscious is going to begin to move based on that emotion, right? And you're going to begin to seek out. You're going to begin to move. You're going to, you're going to act out to get to that image that you've been holding. Yes. So just for five minutes, just begin to imagine. Because another thing that God has been putting on me is like, as we get older and we get, you know, tainted by life and go through experiences, we start imagining. But mm. as little kids, kids have such great imaginations. And they're like, yeah. when they got a make-believe friend, they really, they're committed. 
They're committed, <laughs> right? So this is yeah. like, they're committed. So before they even, before they can see something, they believe it. They believe yeah. it. This makes me think of the scripture where after Jesus was uh, resurrected, he had told me, I'm paraphrasing, but he said that you believe because you see me, but blessed are those who haven't seen me, but believe in me. Mm-hmm. So it's like kids are, they have this wide imagination. They're committed to the role. They, they feel it, you know? And we have, we have to get back to really dreaming and, and holding that image. And when you do that on a neurological level, you are retraining the brain. And now because you're connecting the image to the emotion, it's going to affect your behavior. Yeah. And your behavior produces results. Yes. Oh, that's such a powerful, confident action step. Like you said, it's don't miss it. (laughs) It is simple and our brain needs that repetition. Yes. Those simple actions. And so it is a great place for for anyone to all of us. Yes, for all of us to be visualizing what is this next version of ourselves mm-hmm. or our life. You know, there's always something that we can improve and step into. That's part of growing and learning. Exactly. Thank you. So where can the people connect with you? So on Facebook and on Instagram, you can follow the underscore healthy underscore move, M-O-V-E. So the underscore healthy underscore move. And you can connect with me that way. You can schedule a free consultation. I give free consultations, about 20 minute phone call to see if we will be a good fit because ultimately I want what's best for you. And I offer a one-on-one health coaching. Uh, it's a six-month program, and I also offer group coaching, which is a 12-week program. Wonderful. So, That's so great to have that initial phone call to be able to connect with you there. So the healthy move with the underscores in between. And yes. I know that Ray and I would love to hear all of your takeaways for your listening. So grab a screenshot of this, tag both of us on Instagram, share with us what spoke to you, what resonated, what sparked your heart. Tell us about what you're visualizing. We'd love to hear what's blessed you today. So thank you so much, Ray, for sharing your story, for really stepping into your purpose and in this assignment in this season. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really, I truly appreciate you just creating this space for women to come on here and share because we're always learning even when i'm talking i'm learning i'm like "Mm, yeah that's true yeah (laughs) i'm taking notes also (laughs) always right well thank you so much it's been such a blessing to have these conversations and to bring them to my audience to bring you to my audience so thank you friend for everyone who's tuning in and spending your time with us here on the what's your story podcast i look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to What's Her Story. I love spending time with you. Now, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And if you found value in this episode, share it with a friend and then come hang out with me on Instagram at Erica Akingboye.
Be sure to check out the show notes. I've included all important notes and links, including how you can get the latest free download that is exactly how to use your story to create social change. I'll be back here next week and hope you will be too. See you there, friend.